Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keelan McNamara and Hunter Boss. A lot to talk about today, a lot of predictions to make, a lot of fights coming up this Saturday. It's a good one. Uh, nice, nice weekend for combat sports. I'm Jack Kennedy, and they hit a lot harder, in my opinion, too. What is up, everybody? My name is Keelan McNamara, and everyone's got a plan until they get hit with my views. I am Hunter Boss, because he just wanted to go to the distance by the looks of it, but he couldn't even do that. And this is the MMA Island Podcast. Um, and let's go get in, go ahead and get into it, starting off with a big piece of news we got. A fight that we were expecting or hoping to happen, we never know with the UFC, but it is official now. Jan Blakovich will be defending his light heavyweight title again against Glover Teixeira. Um, starting with Hunter, what do you make of this fight? I am so happy this fight was made. Glover deserved this fight so, so much. You know, he fought against John Jones back in 2014. Um, and then he had a few fights, few losses, few wins, few losses. We'll keep going like a little streak and then lose a little bit. And then finally come 2018, five fight win streak right after yep. that. And he, he's fought in the, the, the toughest of the tough in this weight division, right? He's gone through the greatest there. There is, other than, other than the champion, he beat Dos Santos. He's beaten so many people. I just can't wait for this fight to happen. You know, I think, uh, I think uh, Jan Blachowicz is a fantastic champion, and he proved himself against the Israel Anansaya fight. A lot of people, they keep placing him as an underdog. I think this is going to be the, one of the first fights in the next, like, last few years for uh, Jan Blachowicz not being an underdog. I'm pretty sure Glover Teixeira is coming in as an underdog here. And I'm actually going to bet on the underdog this time. I think Glover Teixeira has what it takes to beat Jan Blachowicz. Big predictions, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Huge, We're starting huge. off with a bang tonight. Um, yeah, I'm the same as Hunter. I'm delighted this fight was made. You know, an episode or two ago, we were all unanimous in saying that Glover Teixeira was next for the title shot. And I'm really happy he is getting it. Like Hunter said, five fight win streak. He's looked some of the best fights he's ever had in his career. He's had this real sort of second wind in his career, even though he's something like 41 now, I think. And he's looked he's looked stellar. He really, really has. He's really showing up a lot of the young guns at 205. And I think this fight against Blakovich is going to be very, very good. I think it's a real interesting clashing of styles because, of course, we know how good Jan's wrestling is, but he's shown how really, really dangerous his hands are as well. I mean, Corey Anderson, so on and so forth. I could literally sit here for about 10 minutes breaking that down. But this fight's going to be really interesting because I think it will hit the ground. I think Blakovich is going to try and take this to the ground and maul the way he did against Adesanya. And that's where Glover Teixeira's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu comes into play. Now, one of the things I really like about Glover is that he's not a defensive BJJ black belt. He's not an opponent who'll lie on the ground and wait for you to make a mistake and then counter. He's almost like Nick Diaz and that he's an incredibly aggressive BJJ practitioner. He's got a very aggressive guard. He will force you to make the mistakes and then capitalize on it. I mean, just look at some of his last fights there. You know, rear naked choke, uh, arm triangle, such a variety of techniques that he wins his fights with. So Blakovich is going to have to be really, really careful when this hits the ground. And I do think it will at some point, but this is a great matchup. You know, there's a reason we all wanted this fight to happen. It's the deserving fight. It's the fight we need to see. And it's a fight I'm really looking forward to. 
Yeah, I'm I'm still excited about this fight. This is a fight that is going to unfortunately fly under the radar because both of these guys aren't the biggest names and they're not the biggest trash talkers. But when it comes down to it, we just saw what Jan Blakovich just did against Israel Adesanya. It was amazing. He basically, in my opinion, I think he beat him on the feet and then took him down and won. It was amazing. It was beautifully done. Um, and we haven't really seen anyone do that to Adesanya before. Uh, obviously, we know the power that he has, how good he is on the feet. I, I think he's going to try and keep this fight standing. I, I, I do think it'll hit the mat at some point just because Glover Teixeira is that good, which is another thing. But I think Jan Blachowicz will try and keep this fight standing um, and Glover try and look for the takedown. But the reason this fight is so good, on paper, a lot of people are going to be betting um, um, Blachowicz because of his stand-up ability and what he just did. But they need to look at what Glover Teixeira has been doing as well. His last fight, I believe, was against Tiago Santos. And Tiago Santos before that had just lost to John Jones and obviously had the knee injury. But he, look how good he looked against John Jones on the feet and everything. And we know how powerful Tiago Santos is. He dropped Glover Teixeira like three times in the first round. Glover Teixeira got up, came back, took him down, and mauled him for three rounds straight. The fight should have been stopped in the second round. Uh, so Glover Teixeira is as tough as they come has one of the best top games I think you could argue in the entire UFC, probably the entire lightweight, light heavyweight division for sure. Um, so it's going to be really dangerous for Jan Blachowicz because I don't think he has a grappling advantage like he did against Adesanya. I think that goes heavily to Glover Teixeira. So his camp's got to switch from the offensive to the defensive for me because his best shot is on the feet. And then obviously you have the question, can Glover Teixeira take a Jan Blachowicz Polish power shot clean? If he takes that, will he be able to get back up? It's amazing. I'm so excited about it. It's the best light heavyweight title fight I think we've gotten a long time. Um, it's going to be so close. And unfortunately, this is one that's going to fly under the radar and people aren't going to cover it as much. But this should be one of the most covered fights because it is so good. Um, and it's the fight we need. I, I, I was so nervous that we weren't going to get this because you never know with light heavyweight. There's so many things that go in and out. Um, calling John Jones out. Uh, I mean, middleweights coming up and everything you never really know but this is the fight that we all want to see this is a fight that we deserve this is a fight that Glover Teixeira deserves really Jan Blachowicz deserves as well um it's gonna be amazing and I I can't wait fight to make for sure yeah yeah when people look at this fight they see an old man versus the new up-and-coming ch uh challenger here even though Jan isn't that young yeah he's like 37 but too yeah Glover's 41 we don't see a whole lot of champions above the age of 40 except DC Randy Couture many a few other ones but um, what I feel like this fight's going to happen, I think this fight is definitely going to go to the mat. But this is going to go to the mat when Jan Blahovich drops Glover Teixeira and he tries to come on top of him in the swarm. That's we possible. saw this in the Dos Santos fight. Every time Dos Santos dropped Teixeira, Teixeira ended up getting the dominant position on Dos Santos because of the scrambles that would, this would occur, which would occur after this. I feel like this is going to be happening the same thing with Jan. Jan is a fantastic striker, and I think I think he can land a clean shot on Glover Teixeira because his guard is an amazing what we've yep. seen in the past. He can take a punch, and he won't get knocked out cleanly. But I feel like Jan, on the other hand, I think his ground game is good, don't get me wrong, but it's just not nearly on the same level as Glover Teixeira. So I think Glover Teixeira definitely has an advantage on the ground. Jan has the advantage on the feet. Classic grappler versus striker.
Yeah, um, I think Glover has arguably got the best ground game at 205 right now. In fact, I don't think there's much of an argument yeah, for agree. anybody else you'd put against him. I like the scenario that you've both laid out there, and that is that's a scenario I would probably be building towards as well. I think, you know, Glover's going to be in there. He's going to be exchanging. I think he will eat one of those shots from Jan. He will tumble, and it's a question of what happens the second that fight hits the deck. To me, it's a question of whether Jan's smart enough to not dive in straight away. You know, we've seen it in his fights with Dominic Reyes and Corey Anderson, where he drops you and he is on you in a flash. With Glover Teixeira, for the reasons we've outlined, you can't do that because his guard's so good. And in the scramble, he will end up getting top position and he won't let you off either. So Jan's got to approach this very cerebrally. He can't just dive in on Glover Teixeira and finish him. Not only because Clover's tough enough, but because he will end up spinning you around and he will get on top, he just always finds a way to. So that's a very interesting matchup to watch for this fight. It's the matchup to watch for this fight because I think we all agree this will hit the deck at some point. And the second that this fight hits the deck for me is when the clock really starts because that's when we'll determine who will win and who will lose. Personally, you know, I love Glover Teixeira. He's a real OG of the UFC and especially 205. And to get a title win would really be the diamond and crown of an already illustrious career. So don't sleep on this fight. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of fantastic fights, we have an amazing fight night coming up. Um, and we're going to go ahead and start with those predictions. The co-main event first is Jeremy Stevens versus Dakar Close. Um, starting with Hunter, who do you think wins it? This is going to be one of the most entertaining fights on this card. I cannot wait for what happens. Jeremy Stevens, we got the knockout power. We He's got classic striking, and he's moving up in weight division, which we haven't seen. And I feel like this is something we need to happen for Jeremy Stevens. Even though it doesn't happen often for Jeremy Stevens, he's a professional fighter. He missed weight in his last fight. He, he weighed at, well, 150 pounds when he was supposed to be weighing in at 145, missed by five pounds. He's fought, I think, 18 times or 17 times in the featherweight division, and he's only missed weight twice, which kudos to him. That's a lot. And he weighs a lot as it is. He, yeah. he walks around in a high, heavy weight. But this new weight change is going to be – I feel like it's always beneficial for a fighter to move up in weight divisions. It's definitely arguably uh, when they move down, it could be bad. Like uh, we don't know how that's going to affect the gas tank. But the lightweight shift is what needs to happen. But this is not going to be any easy fight for Jeremy Stevens. Jakar Close is a fantastic striker and a fantastic counter striker. So we saw in the fight against Lando Venata. This is just going to be an amazing fight on the feet. I don't really see it going to the ground very much. Even though Jakar Close has fantastic grappling ability. He's fantastic in the scramble. Just Jeremy Stevens is, is a veteran in the sport. You know, he he is still on the on the on the younger side. He's with the amount of fights that he has, he's 28 fights and I think 18 losses. That's he has more wins than Jakar Close has fights. It's it's going to be an amazing uh, uh, display of uh, veteran versus newcomer, and I just cannot wait to see what happens. Right here, hardest hitting 155 or right here, <laughs> Jeremy Stevens. Finally, I had to, I had to do it. It you was had there. To. It, it had to be what done. What happened next was bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Moments before disaster. Um, <laughs> He got bodied. <laughs> no, um, 
no, I think this is the right move for Jeremy Stephen. You know, I think we said before in a, in the group chat that this probably should have happened a good two or three fights ago, even before the missed weight. Um, I think it's a very good move for Jeremy Stephen. You know, you look at his body style and you look at his physique. He's naturally very stocky. He's very strong. He's not like a Max Holloway. He's quite lean and lanky. And one forty five is very easy for him. You know, Jeremy Stevens probably walks around a good 160, 165 yeah. at least. So that cut was always going to be torturous for him. I like this move at 155. You know, he retains all his knockout power and he can spend more time actually training and developing skill instead of focusing on a murderous weight cut. Um, that being said, Drakkar Close is a very, very tough fight for the reasons Hunters really outlined very well. You know, excellent striker, smooth boxing, smooth kind of striking. And the Lando Venata fight was the perfect example to highlight out of that. You know, there's so many, but that's the main one to highlight. My issue with Jeremy Stevens, especially if he can fix it, is that, you know, his boxing skills are excellent. He's shown that nearly every fight he's fought, but he he, he gets very, very prone to losing his head and sort of rock him, sock him. And if he can fight more intelligently, get his hands up and slip out of the way instead of trying to prove something by standing in the pocket and just standing and banging, he will get success at 155 because even at 145, he hit like a 155-er. So he's he's more within his proper realm, as it were, now at 155. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this. I agree with Hunter's summary. This is one of the most entertaining fights on this card for sure. Yeah, for, I completely agree with you guys. Both these guys are going to go out there and throw. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Dakar Close, I, I want to talk about him for a second. Like you guys said, a great counter-striker. That land of another fight was fantastic. And he's out there still trying to prove a name for himself, especially at the stacked 155 division. Against a guy like Jeremy Stevens, that's where you can really prove yourself if you're ready to go. Um, and I agree with everything you guys just said about Jeremy Stevens. Uh, I think it is the right time for him to move up, not only because of the missed weight, but just I think he's a little older now. He's been fighting for a long time. His fight age, which I really like to rather than fighters actual age, I like to talk about their fight age, how long they've been fighting, because that's really what the wear and tear takes on your body. You could be 28, but if you've been fighting since you were like 15, you're going to have more wear and tear than Glover Teixeira, who's 41, but hasn't been fighting as long. Um Anyways, that was a little aside there. I, I think Jeremy Stevens, it, it's the time for him to move up for sure, miss weight. And another thing with that as well, he's, his power is going to carry over. We know that. His chin has a little bit been a little bit suspect uh, for his last couple of fights as well. And I also think that's because of how long he's been fighting and everything, especially with the weight cut as well. That really drains your, whenever you're taking all the water out of your body, that really makes your chin um, not as strong as it would be. So not having to cut as much as much weight is going to be huge. And I think he'll be able to take a bigger shot as well at 155. Um, I don't think movement will be a real problem for him. He's still going to have the power. I think he's going to look the best that we've seen him in a long time because he's going to be healthy. He's not killing himself to make 145 anymore. Uh, so that's a really great point you both of you guys made. Oh, as for who wins it, I'm going to go with Jeremy Stevens. I, I just I think he's he's got the power. I, personally, I, I, I love seeing Jeremy Stevens fight as well. So maybe there's a little bit. It's, it's honestly a pick for me. Any guy who lands a big shot could take it. I think Jeremy Stevenson is going to look fresh. He's going to be out there to prove a point as well, as especially after his last fight. Um, I'm looking forward to see it. Uh, uh, Jeremy Stevens by, let's say, TKO round three. Why not? Very nice. Very nice. I realized I didn't make a prediction either. So um, we take a look at the statistics here. Dracar close. I know he has a lot less fights, but he has zero knockouts. And uh, 
Jeremy Stevens has seven knockouts alone in the yeah. in the featherweight yeah. division. I think when he moves up, he's going to gain more knockout power as it goes too, because he's going to be able to keep more muscle and he's going to have he's going to build more muscle mass to cut the weight. So um, I feel like I think Jeremy Stevens might win this too, but I think it's going to be a little earlier because I feel like when we saw in the land of Anata fight a little uh, uh, chink in the uh, armor of Jakar yeah. close, he gets a little emotional when he fights as well. But it's definitely not emotional good like Jeremy Stevens. Oh, well, Jeremy Stevens emotional is not great, <laughs> but when Jeremy Stevens gets emotional, he gets dangerous. When uh, Drakkar gets emotional, he kind of gets sloppy. We've seen, you know, he he wants to impress. He he does a few spinning attacks. It's cute and whatnot. But Land of Anata, when when Drakkar was uh, starting to try to impress the crowd, Land of Anata started impressing them more with some bigger shots, some great leg kicks, and even some mixed in some takedowns there. So I say Jeremy Stevens. I'm going to go with four minutes into the first round knockout. Whoa, specifics. That was, <laughs> that was impressive. Big brain yeah. play. Come on, I got yeah. it. I got we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. The biggest brain of MMA right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think this is going to be such a good fight. My prediction, I think first two minutes of the second round, Stevens is going to KO him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I kind of have to follow up to what I Humpty mean, yeah, now. specific. Now. <laughs> we can't do generals anymore. <laughs> uh, we got to do predictions for submissions, strikes, everything. Um, no, I think that's how this is going to happen. I think Stevens is probably going to establish range in the first round. You know, we've seen before, even though he does love to stand and bang, when he has his head on and he judges range, he uses his range very well. I think he'll take the first five minutes to do that. And then he'll come out in the second round, and I think he will get the KO. My final point on this that I will say, though, a weakness in the Jeremy Stevens armor is that he's been very, very prone to the body shot. That yeah. orthodox yes. body shot that Aldo landed just yep. was one of the most vicious things I've ever seen. And for a guy as tough as Jeremy Stevens to physically crumple in pain from it tells you how bad it was. And if Drakkar Klosev fights properly, he can pick up on that because Stevens holds his guard generally very high. Yeah. And that, of course, exposes the ribs and the kidneys. So he's got to be careful about that. A striker like Drakkar Klosev will pick up on that and he will punish him if he's able to get in range. That being said, I think Jeremy's going to look hydrated. He's going to have his strength back. He'll have a better chin as well. The point Jack just made from not having to cut that weight. And I think he will make a statement stepping up to 155. Jeremy Stevens by second round KO. That's true. That's actually a really good point you just made there as well. The not we all, we all talked about the benefits of him moving up to 155, but one of the negatives is uh, those guys are going to have a lot more power than uh, the guys at 145. So we'll see if Close can capitalize on that. But that's the co-main event. The main event is the highly anticipated middleweight bout that was supposed to happen multiple times before for a championship, but now we're going to need to see it for a fight night. Robert Whitaker, the number one contender, is facing Kelvin Gastelum in a massive fight. Winner could potentially get a title shot. We talked about that on the last podcast. Hunter, who do you think takes it? This fight has been years in the making, and I'm so excited it's, fi excited it's finally come. Um, Robert Whitaker, he deserves more. I feel like he – I think – he has fought two of the top five ranked fighters, but once again, Kelvin Gastelum stepping in on short notice here. So when it comes out to knockouts or submissions, I don't see either of those happening. I feel like the two have studied each other for long enough here. I think Robert Whitaker can get a little bit repetitive with the, the same strikes. That, it works for many different fights, but it's that one to lead to the head kick. And it's been working for him for a lot, even working the Derek Brunson fight, which 
Um, I don't, or the Jared Cannonier fight, which I don't think should have worked because I've, everyone has seen it happen multiple times, but he just sneaks it in so well. So I feel like Kel- Kelvin Gaslam is not going to be able to keep up with the striking of Robert Whitaker. And if it does let go to the ground, I think Robert Whitaker is good enough in the scramble to get up and st- stick to the feet. So I'm going to go uh, Robert Whitaker by decision. Yeah, this is a really, really good middleweight fight. You know, as we know, Calvin Gastelum stepping up in short notice. A massive credit to him for that, first and foremost. You know, stepping in in short notice is never easy, but especially to a guy like Robert Whitaker is a million times more difficult. So massive props to Calvin Gastelum. I like him a lot. I really do. That being said, I think there's only one way this fight goes, and I think it's to the Reaper. Uh, You know, Robert Whitaker is his striking and especially his boxing is so so good and he's got a massive height and reach advantage here in calvin gastelum too you know whenever i was watching just to build around what point i'm trying to make that israel adesanya fight is one of the greatest middleweight fights i've ever seen but how adesanya let gastelum so close and past his guard to land those hooks is something i'll never be able to quite understand you know the unfortunate thing for Calvin Gastelum is he's an amazing wrestler, but he's he suffers a lot with a height disadvantage and especially a reach disadvantage. You know, for at least two rounds, two, maybe three, Adesanya kept him at range with a kickboxing and really did some damage when Gastelum tried to come in. But when Gastelum did manage to get in, that's where he really, really hurt Adesanya. And that's what he's going to try and do against Robert Whitaker. Unfortunately for Gastelum, I think Whitaker is going to be far too good to let that happen. I think Robert Whitaker is one of the most intelligent fighters in the UFC, not just after a fight and analyzing his, where he wins and where he loses and drawing from that, but in the middle of a fight as well, he adapts very well. Now, the Adesanya fight was a bit different. He didn't adapt, but Adesanya's got so many weapons, you can almost kind of forgive that anyway. With this fight, I see a Whitaker finish and I see Whitaker solidifying himself as the number one contender for Adesanya's belt. Um, it's kind of hard to specify a round because both guys have got such great gas tanks, but I think Gastelum's going to shoot in for a takedown. Whitaker's going to be there. He's going to land perhaps an uppercut as Gastelum comes in. And I, I just don't think Gastelum's going to be able to take the power of Robert Whitaker. You know, Whitaker hits so, so hard, and we've seen it countless times. And I think he'll get maybe a third or fourth round finish TKO due to strikes. That's my prediction. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I, I've been really interested in the comeback, uh, let's let's call it that, of Robert Whitaker since that Adesanya loss. I mean, we, we've talked about it time and time again. Uh, how he really shouldn't even have to take this fight. Um, he's He was the number one contender, former champion, who defended the belt three times and didn't get an automatic title rematch from that, and then has beat two top contenders and is still having to fight one more before the title shot. So it's a little bit weird there, but how good has he looked? I didn't know how good he was going to look against Darren Till. So I picked Darren Till in that fight because I didn't know how he was going to look after losing his belt the way he did. Took some time off. And, man, he was amazing. He got dropped in the first round with that elbow, but then came back. He's one of the smartest guys you will ever see fight. Fight IQ through the roof. Just analyzing that fight. That Darren Till fight, I watch that all the time because it's so technical. It's amazing. They're going back and forth. It's just so close. And the mental, it's mentally tiring as much as it is physically tiring, which is 
fascinating to see in any MMA fight. Um, but he is so good. And like Hunter said, the one-two lead head kick, he hides that so well and everything. But the reason he's able to land is because he's always fainting and he's landing just yeah. these one-two hooks and everything. You never know what Robert Whitaker is going to do. But he's also so well-rounded on the ground as well that you also have the threat of the takedown there. This is why he was the champion for so long. He is a championship-level fighter, and people are forgetting that every time, every time he fights, including myself. Um, I picked Cannoneer to beat him as well. I didn't know if he was going to be able to take the power. He showed up in that fight. Like, he, he looked phenomenal in that fight. Um, he, he's looked amazing. Credit to Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, I, I, I really do like Kelvin Gastelum, and I'm glad he, he won his last fight and is taking this fight as well because he was – on a, such a big run until he lost that Adesanya fight. Um, and that's a shame to see because he really would have got, this would have been the title fight back in 2018, I believe it was. Um, so, so it's good that they're finally matching up. Um, I just think Robert Whitaker is going to be so good on the feet uh, as he always is. He's, he's always so smart and he's always reading situations and he, his, his striking, his standup is just that much higher than the next guy. Kelvin Gaslam, we, we've seen how he hits very hard. He's very good on the feet. Uh, we saw what he did to Adesanya and, 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 and Michael Bisping and a lot of guys, he's knocked him out. But when you're facing the Reaper, he is so good. And I agree with what Hunter said as well. Even if Kelvin Gaslam gets him on the ground, you're not going to be able to hold a guy like Robert Whitaker down. Unlike Kevin Holland, he does have a very strong wrestling game as well as a very strong striking game. And he'll be able to get out of those situations, I do believe. So um, I think it's a decision, uh, and I think he wins it, and you can't not give him the title shot after that. And one, one more thing I will say about this, because I know on the, la- on the last couple of podcasts, we've been giving guys crap for not finishing fights, especially at the middleweight division. But I will say this. The way they're they're fighting, they're fighting almost defensively to win the fight was uh, uh, Derek Brunson and uh, Marvin Vittori. The way that they were getting beat on the feet so much that they dove in for the takedown to avoid getting beat on the feet. There are certain fighters that win by decisions a lot, but it's almost like they're uh, winning by a, a knockout every single time. Well, I guess technically we talked about Arnold Allen. I wasn't going to mention his name, but he does that too. Um, Max Holloway is one of those guys. I mean, look what he just did against Calvin Cater. That's one of the most dominant performances we've ever seen. That's even more impressive than a finish, in my opinion. He landed almost 800 strikes in that fight. How do you even do that? Um, Steven Thompson's another guy like that um, who, who just reads it. Um, and then Robert Whitaker is, is the next guy, next guy that comes to mind that wins a lot of decisions but wins them dominantly. And you just see how he's just completely taking the fight by his storm. So even if he wins by a decision, I think even if he wins by no matter what, I think it's warranted a title shot, but especially by a decision – I think that does as much for him as a finish, especially what we've seen from these last two guys in the main events. Right. Robert's laid down the groundworks already. He's beaten two top five opponents. So I feel like any win here would should yeah. grant him a title shot. Unless I know there's no unless. I mean, like I was thinking maybe like a, a dis, disqualification from Gastelum or maybe like a like a, a, a low a low blow ending the fight. No, Hunter. I still think Let's not go there. We don't. Yeah, I know. I got you. Not going to say nothing anymore. Let's think about it. All right. What's the best way to beat Kelvin Gastelum here? I'd say it's to to keep out keep him out of reach. You know, he's got he's got short reach. What's the best way to do that? That jab. What's the best jab in one of the in the middleweight division? I'd say Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker hides that thing like it's no other because he keeps that keeps that lead arm down and he keeps one high. Fights like this, you know, and then that thing shows up out of nowhere. Boom! Right in the face, and it's so accurate too. It's a stiff jab. It just st- it lingers there for a little bit, you know. 
yes, it's a stiff jab, so it lingers, and you have time to to, to counter. But you're going to be out of reach to counter, especially if you're Kelvin Gastelum. So I feel like this this jab is going to come into to, to play here, and he's going to stay out of reach, and he's going to hide some front kicks up the middle, maybe that left that left hook that uh, Robert Whitaker Robert Whitaker also have does so well. I think this fight might be a pretty dominant performance against Kelvin Gaston. I think Kelvin Gaston's a fantastic fighter, but I think Robert Whitaker's on a whole other level. Yeah, the one other thing I love about Robert Whitaker's game is this, especially in the feet, because he's almost like Mirko Krokop, and that, that left leg is just legendary yeah. at this point. And it's almost like a magnet and that you know what's coming, but you can't stop it. And that directly feeds into Whitaker's uh, game on the feet. Whenever he's pressing you up and he's putting pressure on you, you can't really go forward against him because you know he can throw the leg out of anywhere. And what Whitaker does so intelligently as well is he pushes you up and before you know it, you're against the fence and you can't really move either way because he can throw the leg kick against you and finish you there too. So even whenever he's piecing you up with the job and as the minutes are going by and everything else, in the back of your mind, you still have that kick there because you know it can come out in a split second. And what Whitaker's done so cleverly, he's almost cultivated a legend around his kick by being so familiar and being so simple with his combinations, yet still being so effective with it. His opponents are always going to think, oh, I know what he's planning to do, but then I can't stop it either. So his opponents are always going to be second-guessing themselves in the feet because they know what Robert Whitaker wants to achieve, but they still can't stop it. And I think that's something Robert Whitaker has done very, very cleverly and more importantly, to his credit. The last point I just want to make really quickly is this, a point Jack actually uh, began making. I feel it is important to differentiate between decision wins, especially at 185. You know, we've seen a lot of controversy over the last couple of months with, of course, Brunson and Vittori with boring defensive decision wins because they're scared of getting pieced up in the feet. And they were getting pieced up in the feet. Guys like Robert Whitaker break their opponents down the longer the fight goes on. You know, they see one weakness that their opponent's covering up. They will attack another one. So there is a big difference to make. And I'm glad you bring it up, Jack, because guys like Whitaker should not be criticized for the decision wins because their fights are nonstop and they are always chasing and breaking their opponents down and trying new things to finish their opponent. It's just a real difference. I wanted to highlight because especially we've been talking about this so much, Robert Whitaker is a different kettle of fish when it comes to decisions. His are only after, you know, truly trying to break down each of his opponents in that octagon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's okay. I'm going to give, give a couple points too, that you guys uh, said um, one of the first thing was with this, the decision thing as well. He's one of those guys that it takes, he gets going like that jab that Hunter was saying, that jab is huge. He's like Max Holloway. And I'm not saying they fight in, in any similar way at all. I'm just saying the way the win fights is similar. Max Holloway and Steven Thompson, those guys get going just like Robert Whitaker and their opponent doesn't really realize what's happening until like the fourth round. And they're like, Oh, I'm down three rounds to nothing. I got to get going. It's just that quick one, two, and you're just piecing them up. You're landing shot after shot, but the opponent never really is able to read what you're doing because it's so hard to read what you're doing at the pace that you're doing it, at what you're throwing. And not all of them, he's not one of the hardest hitters, but with the volume and everything, it starts to add up as the fight goes on and the fighters just don't have time to adapt to that such a weird style or anything like that. So um, yeah, I, he's one of those guys that's so fun to watch. And 
Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Uh, again, credit to Kelvin Gastelum for stepping in though. I mean, I, he, he is such a fun fighter and I, I really do hope that he does not, um, go out there and just get finished in the first 10 seconds because I want him to prove that he is still up there, put a little bit of competitiveness in it um, and then get a good fight after that as well. Um, because I do want to see him climb back to the top But right now, Robert Whitaker is at that championship level in my opinion. And uh, I think he's going to go out there and prove it. And we're going to get a fantastic fight. Yeah. 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 All right. So, well, I was going to say a fantastic fight. I wouldn't say that now, but um, it is the boxing matchup that we have to mention oh, because Ben Askren is representing MMA and fighting Jake Paul this Saturday. Uh, Hunter, just what 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 do you think? Who do you think wins and what's going on? <laughs> I don't know why you guys are so pressed. I think it's going to be entertaining. I love, I love these fights. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know I, I love I love watching these the hype around them because a lot of my friends don't know MMA as, as yeah. nearly as much as I do so when these fights happen they're like oh I know Jake Paul oh I know Nate Robinson the boxer so here we go uh I am very excited to see Ben Askren stepping in the in the ring not the octagon and I'm very yeah. excited to see Jake Paul stepping back in again um what I think is going to happen here, I think uh, it's going to be a lot of a different fight than Jake Paul is used to. I think Jake Paul is used to fighting people that aren't actual fighters. So when he steps in the octagon with someone who has taken a punch before, I don't think it's going to be as easy to put him away. Um, ben Askren, he he can take it a punch pretty well. I mean, we have seen the six-second knockout. Everyone has seen it. But that was, a, I think, a one-in-a-million shot. It was a fantastic knee. It was a fantastic game plan. But it landed very cleanly, and I think it would have put anyone, let alone Ben Askren, out cold. So I, I can't discredit Ben Askren for getting knocked out there. So I think Ben Askren's going to be able to drag Jake Paul out into the deep waters here, but I still think Jake Paul will win by decision here, by unanimous decision. I, I think uh, neither of them are going to be able to put each other away. I think uh, Ben Askren's striking is just so bad. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he's only been working on this striking to get better. Um, and I think it, 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 I really hope it got better. Like I, I can't imagine it getting any worse. So um, I think with Ben Askren being able to take a punch and Ben Askren not being able to put away Jake Paul, I think Jake Paul is going to be able to look very shiny in those early rounds. And in the later rounds, Ben Askren is going to get those, but I'm going to call Jake Paul unanimous decision because of his early round work. Oh man, I don't like being in this position. <laughs> oh god, I'm back again, Jack. I swore I wouldn't be here. Here we go. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I kind of have. I'm contractually obligated to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, everybody knows my feeling about these kind of fights. That being said, Ben Askren, whether he wants to or not, is representing the MMA community here. Uh, you know. The Rocky montage was insane. You have my immense credit for that, Ben. Very original, very creative. I love it. Um, in terms of the actual fight, if you were to pick any mixed martial arts fighter who I would not send into a boxing match, Demian Maia is the only other person I wouldn't put in there. That's how low I would rate Ben Askren striking. A special mission for uh, CM Punk as well. Yeah. Special <laughs> mention for, <special laughs> for CM Punk too. Good shout. So those are my relegation zone of fighters I would send into a boxing ring. And Ben went in. Of course he did. Um, that being said, on a technical level of breakdowns, you know, Jacob has fought two fights already. 
Actually, let me think. No, he's fought three, but he's he's fought nobody. He's, he's fought two YouTubers and a five foot nine ex basketball player who couldn't keep his hands up. That's not being a hater. That is just a fact. You know, whenever he knocked out Mr. Robinson, Mr. <laughs> Robinson came across the ring and his gloves were down. He was literally swinging wildly towards Jake and he caught a hook to the jaw and got knocked out. You know, anybody would have. Now, I'm not discrediting jake's commitment or his technique i'm sure that's all very admirable but ben does have some experience that he can use here and you know it's a couple of interesting points i saw online that might not be as irrelevant as people think you know first of all being a wrestler ben is going to look to tie this fight up a lot and use the clinch and what I mean is, if Jake comes out, I would imagine, especially the first two rounds, Jacob's going to come out looking flash, using that crisp job and, you know, trying to look better than he is, really. Ben is going to look to tie this fight up in a clinch and lean very heavy against Jake. And he's going to look to wear out that gas tank within the first four rounds, probably if it gets that far. Now, if this were any other fighter or a YouTuber, I would laugh at it fully. But Ben actually has experience in doing this because he is a bona fide fighter. The other aspect is the aspect Hunter mentioned, and I certainly think it's one worth considering. Ben knows how to take a punch, you know, irrespective of his, quite frankly, rubbish standing skills. He's very, very tough, and he does know how to take a shot. You know, the Masvidal ones are right off. That would have knocked out a rhino, quite frankly. So we, you can't really hate him, Ben, for being knocked out. That would have finished anyone. But if you look at the Robbie Lawler fight, for example, personally, I think that fight should have been stopped. But Ben took about 10, 15 shots from Robbie Lawler and got back up. And not even after... Yeah, not even after 10 minutes, he got straight back up from Robbie Lawler. No easy feat at all. Um, so, the, I mean, I can't really break down Ben's chances boxing-wise because I haven't seen anything from him. I mean, I've seen him punching a bag with Jacob's face on it. That that's, just a, that's just a cheesy marketing gimmick. I'm really not paying any attention to that. Uh, I mean, I know he's trained with Freddie Roach for a little bit, but apparently that was only for a week. So we're getting very little pieces of evidence that we can't even piece together to work out how good he is. You know, everybody can measure Jacob's level because we've seen him fight two or three times. And, you know, I'm not criticizing his commitment or anything, but it's easy to look good against no one. You know, like I have said many, many times, and I will be quoted on it, put him against a decent amateur and he'll be exposed. There's a reason why he picked the fighter who has probably had the worst stand-up matching of all time against Demi and Maya in Shanghai. I still get Vietnam flashbacks thinking about that fight. It was horrendous. That being said, I think Ben could possibly pull out a win. I mean, if I have to, if I had to give a prediction for this fight, which for the podcast I do, um, I will put a disclaimer here. I know I never put a disclaimer, but I have to, in the spirit of reasonableness, I have to put a disclaimer here because I haven't seen anything from Ben Askren stand up. I can't really give a fair judgment. So I, just because I really don't want the other guy to win, I'm going to say Ben Askren gets a decision. Yeah. But 
I'll have no idea until I see the highlights afterwards because I'm not even paying to watch it. I'll be completely honest. I can't. I can't condone this madness. Quite frankly, um, yeah, it depends on how seriously Ben's actually taken this. I mean, irrespective of how tragic a stand-up is, Ben's still a good level or two above anything Jacobs ever fought before because at least. He's a professional fighter. He has dealt with guys who can throw hands. Uh, so that's probably my prediction. I mean, I wish I could say I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm really not. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie to people. Um, <laughs> but what I, what I will conclude this by saying is, and I mean this with all sincerity and seriousness, if Ben pulls out a win, I will fully exonerate the Masvidal knockout. In my mind, it never happened. It never will happen. And he holds nothing over you anymore if you win this and you end this madness right here, Ben. You have my word. Completely agree. I'm on the exact same page. Here's what needs to happen. Ben Askren needs to get in there. Jake Paul needs to come forward, throw with the right, miss it. Ben Askren needs to level change, take him down, get him in a rear naked choke. It's over. It's over. It doesn't even matter that it was a boxing fight. Call it. It's done. I would pay to see that. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, um, did you hear Jake? I don't know. Jake Paul was doing some interview today. He, he needs like, to ben level Askren change. Will forfeit his purse if he, if he takes me down or something like that. So, um, of course. But anyway, so we're getting a boxing fight. Jake Paul. I mean, who is he? I he beat he? <laughs> he beat that um he beat that basket nate robinson he he was fighting this other youtuber a while ago it was a logan paul uh, ksi was headline nissan gib he's a uk youtuber and, and he almost lost that fight like that fight was like back and forth he almost lost to that guy how can oh no wait that one was sorry do you mind if i just just really quick yeah, yeah, just yeah. for some context yeah the first fight was ksi's little brother another youtuber called daji who was okay. out of shape and hadn't prepared yeah Continue. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. Anyway, so those are the people that he's fought. And I, were they wearing headgear for that fight too, I think? I think that was the first one they were wearing headgear for too. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is so stupid. Why is this even a thing? I mean, we all know the power that Jake Paul has throwing that body shot at the weigh-ins against Ben Askren. I mean, that was <laughs> brutal. I think anyone would crumble from that. So the fact that Ben Askren was able to walk it off is a miracle, and he's going to be fighting. <laughs> I can't believe it, honestly. I, I, I'm just, it's, it's, I'm glad he's alive after taking that. So, um, I, I'm, I, I it's, it's so stupid. It's all of this is so stupid. I'm praying that Ben Askren wins because he is our representative for MMA. Absolutely, no one chose him, but he's the one doing it. So, um, we we got to see what happens. I'm picking Ben Askren by a strong decision, just because I have to. Um, I cannot morally pick Jake Paul in any situation ever. So um, that's what's happening right now. Uh, hopefully Ben Askren, uh, all of the training videos I've seen from him are awful. Like the worst thing you've ever seen, like him punching the, the punch, the punching bag, he's standing square, just going like this. It's like, it's the worst thing I've seen in my entire life. I'm just hoping he's hopefully like maybe joking about all that. And that's not real training footage because that would be the worst. Who knows? Ben Askren by a decision. Um, hopefully Jake Paul won't win because if Jake Paul wins, it's going to be the worst thing ever because then he's going to be like, Oh, I'd be an MMA guy. 
Conor McGregor, I want you. I'm better than you. It's going to be just going to jump from all over the place. Dylan Dennis next and everything. By the way, look who he's calling out. He's calling out Dylan Dennis, a jujitsu guy, and and Ben Askren, someone who, if you want to know anything about Ben Askren's uh, stand up, search up spinning back fist against yeah. Damian Maya. That's yeah. all you you'll need know, to know why we're so upset. That's why you need, and that's why I'm nervous inside because I don't, I, obviously, I, I, I dislike Jake Paul. That's why I'm nervous about this fight, though, because MMA will look so bad if Ben Askren loses to Jake Paul no uh I, I I really hope that doesn't happen so Ben Askren by decision that's my official prediction that's what's going to happen I can't even imagine a scenario where Jake Paul wins so yes that's what's happening Ben Askren decision <clears throat> decision yep is it as, too much sorry going ahead Hunter sorry yeah as bad as all of this is at least this put shed some light on boxing you know, boxing has been dying for a little bit. You know, uh, <laughs> had is it any wonder? Uh, but I feel like this can only gain fans for boxing. I mean, I guess I guess some diehard fans can lose. Like, I guess they're like, okay, I'm not watching boxing anymore. But this can only help, I hope. You know, like, Jake Paul puts on a show as much as everyone hates to hates to admit it. You know, he, he has he has good trash talk or he, he, he has trash talk. He has trash talk, yeah. Um. And they, they both have good trash talk, actually. I, I entertained watching. I, I love watching them talk back and forth. I think they were on a podcast together, and that was pretty entertaining to listen to. Um, but, uh, you know, just as, as much as you hate to say it, like, this is, this is uh, I think this can be entertaining. You know, <laughs> how bad both of them are. They're going to go in, and they're just going to try to scrap for, That's for true. what, I, I think it's eight or 12 rounds. I, I don't think they're going to go 12 because it's championship, right. but eight to 10 rounds. Um where they're just going to go in. It's like watching two little kids fight. Like no one like loves to see it. Cause they're not, they're not watching it to see like um, fantastic striking ability. They're watching to see, Oh man, I want to see someone get knocked out here. You know, uh, someone's got some raw power. Maybe, uh, maybe they're both angry at each other. There's obviously a reason they're, they're fighting, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun fight. I'm going to, as much as you guys hate on it. And I, I love MMA more than anyone else. And it's going to be so heartbreaking if Ben Askren loses it. Cause you know, the matter the amount of shit he's going to talk like yeah. he's already talked shit and he hasn't even fought the fight yet he's called out many different fighters he's called out nate diaz he's called out conor mcgregor he calls out he called out michael bisping like what's happening here i, I don't know it's, it's it's an enigma but i cannot wait to see what happens in this fight i know uh you guys don't care but <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to talk about and i can't wait to wait to watch with friends you know anything <laughs> anything is this is, hang on is it too much to hope for in the realms of the matrix of universes that Ben Askren has somehow been lying to all of us? Mm-hmm. And in a game of 5D chess, he's somehow an amazing boxer. <laughs> he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I really hope whenever he gets in that ring, and I'll wait for the highlights because, again, I'm, I'm not condoning this. I hope he comes out and he somehow looks like a 190 pound Manny Pacquiao. I really hope he does. You know, Freddie Roach, if you've ever worked any miracles in your life, good sir, please let this be the one that actually works. Because if if that idiot wins this and he goes back to what he was doing before with Nate Robinson and, you know, he's calling out McGregor and all these other people, then I don't know. Uh, I just really, really hope Ben Askren wins this. If he has to do a spinning back fist to do it, I don't really care as long as it works, as long as it does damage. And the other point that I do want to address in a more serious tone is this argument of, but it's good for boxing. It'll bring new fans to boxing. You know, this kind of argument. 
all this fight is going to bring to boxing are a bunch of 12-year-old kids stuck in their iPhones who have no idea what boxing is. They're watching two men in a ring for the first time. They're seeing this joke of a fight happen, and then they're going to go back to forgetting about it. And all that you're going to lose are the fans that came up loving boxing, true boxing, the Tysons, the Holyfields, the Canelos, the Ricky Hattons here, the Pacquiao's and so on and so forth. So I just think I, my opinion has not evolved in this whatsoever from the last fight. I think this is an enormous embarrassment for boxing because all it is is a spectacle for a rich idiot from the internet to promote his name, promote his crappy merch again and call out people he has no business calling out. That's all this is. And to quote Star Wars, help me, Ben Askren, you are now my only hope. I wish you weren't. I really, really wish you weren't. But this is the boat we're in. Guys, I was okay, just thinking. If I can interrupt this. real quick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go um, for it. Go for it. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it could be a disappointment here, disappointment here. But there are prelims with actual could? fighters on it. So oh, they could see God. some of those, those prelims with actual fighters on it and be like, oh. Hey, that was a pretty cool fight. Maybe I can watch the boxing. No one and watches the prelims. If you don't want to watch, <laughs> if you don't want to watch the fight, if you don't want to watch the fight because of the fight, watch it because of the commentators. I think Snoop Dogg is back on, and he put on a hell of a show oh, in that Jake Jesus. Paul versus Nate Robinson or Mike Tyson versus uh, 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 Roy Jones Jr. Like the commentating was a lot of fun to listen to, and I think the commentating here is also going to be a lot of fun. So if you don't want to watch the fight because of the fight, watch it because of the commentating. Hold up, oh, Re- really quick. Let me say this. What you know? What I just I just saw this. You know what Ben Askren needs to do? He needs to go out there and within the first five seconds, he needs to land that flying knee against <laughs> against. He needs to re- he return needs the to. favor. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. No. Ah. Uh, Jorge I saw, Masvidal, you're taking everything I've worked reverse for. Reverse it. Reverse it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm definitely on the side of um and and not even um just because I think it's it's bad for just a, a bad fight and it's a joke of a fight. I think it kind of ruins the legitimacy of boxing in a way because it's kind of taking it to where this is going to be one of the most watched boxing, boxing fights. I'm guessing more people are going to watch this than um, Tyson Fury versus Wilder. I'm, I'm guessing um, it's just because it's been hyped up more, which is, I think that's embarrassing for boxing. I think that kind of ruins the legitimacy. Legit, my bad. Legitimacy. I can't say it. Forget that. I'm losing my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm stumbling up. My bad. Whatever. Uh, it ruins that of the sport. So uh, because now you're not seeing that the biggest fight that you're watching is a YouTuber that's fighting Ben Askren. And that's going to be one of the most watched your, uh, fights of your sport in a long time um, rather than a legitimate fight. Um, and I, I think that's a bad look for boxing, honestly, because now the sport has become YouTubers is taking over or, or, or people that are famous that are like, OK, let's box each other or whatever. Um, as for MMA, it's still like the biggest fights are the biggest fighters going against each other and everything. And I just, it doesn't look good for boxing for me. Um, and also, I uh, just, I personally have a lot of stakes in this because I, um, I won't sleep if Jake Paul wins. So, um, that's it. That's, that's all I wanted to weigh in on that. Those are both on the same day, right? The Whitaker versus Gaston. Yeah. And- yeah. You have to watch both somehow. Maybe two uh, different TVs happen at the same time. Well, I are you the mental? Are yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to keep a, a better eye on the Jake Paul fight, though. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> close scoring. You got to do close scoring for that gotta one. Got to do close scoring. Yeah, Robert Whitaker, so Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Robert Whitaker, Paul, Ben Askren. We don't know. 
maybe so we're not going to watch the fight. We're going to watch the fight for the commentators commenting on the garbage <laughs> yeah. we were trying to avoid to start with. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to the uh, the boxing fight and I'll watch the UFC fight. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's fair. <Yeah. laughs> That's the most sense I've heard anyone talk about this absolute crap. <laughs> uh, All right, guys legitimacy there we go i had to say it all right fantastic oh. podcast everybody um thank you everyone so much for listening um please make sure to like and subscribe on youtube you can listen to us everywhere including itunes and spotify please make sure to follow us on instagram at mma.island and check out all of our work on our website mmaisland.net again amazing podcast guys and thank you everyone so much for listening see you guys later thanks everybody and ben Askren, do what you have to do please <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my